Welcome to Double Vision, a reality recap podcast with Jules and Keens. Let's get into it. Hi, Keens. Hi, Jules. How are you? I'm doing so well. How are you doing this evening? I'm great. I'm having a great day. Yeah. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm so excited to be recapping the next episode of Summer House Martha's Vineyard. Last time we saw Nick fall into the pool. Yes. Loved it. Jason and Summer entered the house. Sweetie pies. And Silas, of course, was suspicious of any man that Jasmine likes in any way, shape or form, even if it's just friends. This is what we expect from Silas. And the episode ends with Bria and Silas getting into a huge argument about who's manipulative and who's controlling. Yes. And we get to get right back into it as this next episode, Jamaican Me Crazy, begins. Yes. All right. So we pick up with Bria and Silas still fighting. Yeah. And so, you know, Bria has, of course, told him he's controlling. He controls Jasmine. Everyone knows it. Silas's response is, oh, Jasmine doesn't have a mind of her own. You insulted my wife. Like, turning it off. This is so classic. Just, like, triangulating, like, oh, Bria, you're actually yelling at Jasmine right now. So you're going to have to answer for how you're talking about Jasmine rather than, like, she's talking about you, Silas, and what you do. It's so gross. But it's also, per usual, not unexpected from Silas. Yeah. Just hard to see it in action. Right? I feel like my favorite part of this entire fight is when we cut to Preston who simply cannot be bothered and says listen they're both right okay yeah he says Silas is controlling Bria is manipulative it's like the truer words were never spoken (laughs) oh my goodness um Jasmine comes and yells at Bria stay in your room which I thought was so funny like Bria's like leaning out the door yelling and Jasmine's like stay in your room like what you're telling like what this is so like you're her mom and she's a teenage girl you're telling her to stay in her room right and I received it as Jasmine like it reminded me of when somebody just got into a massive fight and their other person is on the ground and then their friend is like yeah (laughs) like what are you actually contributing to either the argument or the solution nothing you're just the hype woman okay yeah, it's like she's just coming in to be on Silas's side. But like, I don't even know if she knows what went down. Bria says, I'm not going to let anybody control me, my boyfriend, or my dog. <laughs> what a queen. Loved right. it. She was very invested in all three of those things. And I can respect that. Yeah. So the fight kind of dies down. People sort of go to their separate parts of the house. And Nick brings Bria a plate of food, which was very sweet. It was. And then Amir joins him and they talk about how they want nice Bria, not the Creed Rocky Bria. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then people are asking Silas, like, what happened? What did he say? And Silas is like, oh, Bria said Jasmine doesn't have a mind of her own. Which she never said. She said, Silas, you're controlling. Again, he's just paraphrasing her, trying to turn people against her in the argument. See what you're doing, Silas. We cut back to Bria, and (laughs) she's laying in bed with a plate of food in bed and talking to Silas, and she's just venting with her mouth full. 
another queen moment in my opinion oh my gosh you mean when she's talking to her boyfriend oh yeah sorry she's calling she calls simon and she's eating her plate of food just like shoving food into her mouth and inventing which is like true girlfriend behavior right and it took me back to 20 something kina where i used to say like my favorite phrase was i don't deal in disrespect i don't deal in disrespect and she's literally on the phone saying I don't, I'm not tolerating disrespect. I'm you like, you were spicy in oh 2020. <laughs> I, not in 2020 when Kina was in her 20s. Oh, thank you. Okay. So it was considerably longer ago than 2020. Whoa. Okay. Chill. All right. Simmer, simmer. All right. I'm still young and fun. Okay. Just, just not as young and probably a little less fun, but that's okay. Yeah. No, you were like the coolest 20 something. <laughs> For sure. Yes. She continues to fish for compliments and say, oh, stop. Oh, stop. Oh, man. And so I actually can't even read my note here. I wrote Jasmine says it's about, oh, length of guests, maybe? Yeah. They're saying it's like they just can't okay it for a week, so they want everyone to vote. And so Silas and Jasmine call a vote with everyone in the house. They say, all those in favor of significant others staying for three days max, raise your hand. So I was kind of surprised by the votes. <laughs> Nick, Jasmine, Silas, Jason, and Preston all raise their hand. I'm like, Preston, do you care about this? Jason raises his hand and later says, damn, we're supposed to be on vacation. Now we're doing votes. Right? It felt like Survivor. <laughs> like, yeah, like, is this Survivor? Listen, cut to to me. I wrote down that five people vote and that Summer says, I really shouldn't be part of this. Like, I don't understand. And I'm like, that is exactly me in this scenario. Like, why are we voting? Why do I get a vote? I've been here for less than 24 hours. Like, I, I don't care. I don't know, like, what is even going on. It was very weird. And I don't, I, I mean, I completely agree with her assessment of that. I just don't understand why Nick, Jason, and Preston would even feel strongly enough to vote. It seems like maybe they were just kind of drunk and confused and got pulled into the vote and they didn't know what was happening. Yeah, you're right. I completely forgot about that. I don't know what that was about either. But it's also, I think... In these situations, like sometimes the path of least resistance is to just sort of go with what you think is the majority. And Silas seemed to be very impassioned by this concept of guests shouldn't be here that long. They're like, yeah, no, guests shouldn't be here for a week. That makes sense. But at the same time, her boyfriend is flying from Germany. You want him to stay for two days and then turn around and fly back to Germany? Yeah, it's also like... What, what the other people don't know is that Silas and Jasmine already said he could do this. Like, he planned the trip this way because they said it was okay. That's right. See, I'm so glad you're here because you are bringing so many facts. I'm like, I feel like I'm so hazy from this entire episode. Like, there was so much going on. I was in a state of confusion for most of it. And maybe that was by design, actually. I mean, I think probably the, the best way to view summer house is to like have some substances and like be laying down on your couch and just kind of letting it wash over you like vibes but i'm watching in the middle of the day taking notes and <laughs> i got my like hot tea next to me you are and alert yeah like i'm i'm not doing what you're supposed to do with summer house <laughs> 
which is the exact energy that we need here. So thank you so much for reminding <laughs> us of our goals here, which is to hold them accountable <laughs> and to talk as much mess as possible about these beautiful, beautiful people. Oh, they're so beautiful. Um, when the vote's over, Preston says, is this what straight people do usually? Y'all are wild. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, please don't let Silas and Jasmine represent for all straight people. Please. Please. No. Oh, man. They're the worst representatives that we could think of, honestly. Um. So Simon, on the phone with Bria, convinces her to stay in the house. He says, I care for you, baby. I'll always have your back. Don't get mad because of these stupid things. <laughs> that's not a good German accent, but that's what I got. <laughs> I love that you came through with the quotes because all I wrote down was Simon calms Bria down. <laughs> yeah. You get the sense this is really dynamic, their dynamic and it's kind of cute. Like she's like half crying, half yelling with like eating and he just is like giggling and seems so charmed yeah. by her. Like everything she does, he's just like, you're the best. Yeah. Do we know how old Simon is? He's as old as time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm guess like I feel like I truly believe she has like you know cast a spell to make him like appear. But I think like if I had to guess how old he's meant to be, it'd be like late thirties. Okay, I could see that. I mean, I don't know, and I think part of why I ask is exactly what you've identified. Their dynamic is very much he he is a very calming presence and in my experience that comes with like age and understanding like what is worth it to get over excited about and what can just sort of roll off your back and Bria is very reactive in a way that's wildly entertaining but is also I think indicative of what it's like to be young and to want to assert yourself whenever you feel slighted in any type of way yeah I mean she definitely just reads super young um but I do feel like we've she's just like special she's like he knows that he's got something special with Bria and I like that he's aware of that and he's like do your thing because I love you yeah it's it's a really sweet dynamic honestly yeah and then she's like all my shit is pulled out now I gotta hang everything back up because <laughs> she was making a big fuss about packing oh yes the <laughs> packing up of all of her belongings was part of the drama filled stress induced reaction to the fight and everything is sort of strewn all over the floor things are everywhere poor Milo is sort of like running around and looking a little <laughs> bit confused it was it was TV gold I mean I think that one of the things that teaches you like as you get wisdom as you age and you learn not what to freak out about I think cleaning up after your freakouts really teaches you that stuff and like eventually you're gonna get to the point where you're like I don't want to pull all my clothes out of the closet and throw them on the floor because I will have to pick them up listen I remember and I have to share at I want to say I was 28 in law school and there was this meme circulating and it was a guy with a bunch of papers and he throws it up in the air and says, this shit. And then the next strip in the comic was him saying, just kidding, I need to pass. And is like slowly collecting all of the papers. And I'm like, that is exactly me. And that was the moment that I realized that you can be reactive, but ultimately part of being an adult is recognizing that sometimes you just got to 
put it together and say, all right, well, that was a little much, but let me quietly collect my things and go back to being a responsible adult. Yeah, exactly. And so we end the night with the guests all going to the hot tub and Summer and Amir flirting a little bit. Yeah, Amir asked Summer, like, who's your initial interest in the house? She says, you. And it was kind of cute. Like, he got shy. He, like, didn't know how to play that. He was like, oh, pass the bottle. <laughs> it was, I mean, and to me, I, I will say, because you know how much I really adore Amir, but sometimes it feels like he is a lot of talk mm. and that he is still, in a lot of ways, just a little bit, unsure of himself and how to navigate these like maybe romantic-esque relationship type things I think I find that really endearing like he's not player he's just like figuring it out for like I don't know he seems like more of a real guy like he's not putting on game but I will allow that this might be part of his game right oh man Guys can be so manipulative and controlling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially some guys. Oh, my gosh. Speaking of, Jasmine and Silas have more loud sex, and everyone hears it. Yes. The entire house is so impacted that Amir ends up having to leave and go sleep on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to get as far away from them as possible. It was terrible. Just terrible and yeah. gross. Um, the next morning, Jason's cleaning up in the kitchen and we get a little more information on him. Mm -hmm. He says, I have a lot of real drama going on in my life. So I don't, it's like, he doesn't need to worry about this drama. Yeah. He mentions, I think that's when he mentions, was it in the confessional or with the other folks that he has a baby? Yeah. He has a three month old daughter and he and the mother are like not romantically involved anymore. So they're just Mm co-parenting. Um, and this is like his first time being a single man and a father in Martha's vineyard and he's ready to let loose, (laughs) (laughs) which I believe me. I know when you've got a small baby at home, when you the first time you get to go out, I was like, "Someone give me heroin! Like I want to do it all tonight. Oh, I will gosh. do it all. <laughs> like you want to live so hard when you finally like get that break." And I don't think he's even like going as nuts as some would, including myself, if given the opportunity. Yeah, and it's so funny that you say that because when he said that, my first thought as somebody that doesn't have any kids is I was like, "But you just had a baby, like." Your baby's only three months old. (laughs) And then I remembered, one, that he did not give birth. And two, that you're allowed to have a life and to, like, leave if that's what you want to do. But my my immediate thought was, I'm like, the baby is too small for you to desert her. Like, what are you doing? Because I don't Mm. know anything about, like, baby dynamics or what their brains are like. But in my mind, it's I've always thought of babies as not looking like humans until like six or seven months and so once they look like humans it's fine to like gallivant but until then you need to be 
solely devoted and committed to this tiny thing that you've created. Yeah. And it's like really hard to say what their co-parenting situation is. Like I had babies like in a relationship with somebody who was like there with me mm-hmm. through everything. And like, I think for like, if it, if it was at three months and he was like, I'm going to go on a vacation, I would be like, what? You're absolutely <laughs> like, no, you can't leave me. Um, so I think you end up like having to go a longer period of time before you can start doing those things if you're mm-hmm. living in the same house. But like, I don't know, maybe they live in the same house. But then it's like, why do you need such a break? Like, what's, what's your schedule? Like? What exactly have you been doing? Right. And also, I mean, not to throw shade at, you know, handsome flight attendant Jason, but I think I am reading into his life things that he hasn't said that we don't have any evidence for. But I'm like, your life seems pretty chill. I see this one photo of you like swallowing your newborn daughter. But how present and how often have you been around to where you're like, wow, this is stressful as opposed to maybe thinking about all the things that you should be that you want to be for your newborn baby but Mm. maybe not actively participating in that like just thinking about it can be a heavy stressful thing right especially it's your first child like I imagine that it's a lot but I don't know I was a little suspicious when he was like yeah I got a lot going on I'm like do you yeah I guess he just comes off as so sweet that I would assume he's like trying to be really present and doing a lot of stuff but I I don't really know I'm just taking that from like how he seems like such a good guy yeah it's a lot of guesswork but it's fine I mean as all this is happening poor Amir is still on the couch from the (laughs) night before I'm like what a trooper he oh bless bless so Bria and Nick are talking in Bria's room and they absolutely love or excuse me, I absolutely love this relationship. Like it's so clear that they care about each other in like a sibling way. I also loved his reaction to how clean Bria's room is. Yeah, she like cleaned, the whole thing is now just totally spotless. Like she stayed up all night cleaning, I think. It had to be, it's pristine. And we saw what it was the night before when she was throwing everything around, adult skills. Amazing, yeah. It's amazing. And so I think part of this conversation was really about Nick, like reiterating to Bria how much he loves having her in the house and how much he wants her to sort of be focused on not things that are going to trigger her or get her riled up and to be sort of excited and enjoying herself and excited about Simon and him, him excited to meet him and those sorts of things, which I thought was really cute. Yeah, and she talks about how Simon's planning a big extravagant dinner for everyone when he then that night when he comes. Oh, so that's right. Oh, sorry, the night after this that he comes, because tonight Summer is planning a reggae night, and she's and then tomorrow night Simon arrives. That's right. This is also. So you see what I mean? The level of there's too many people. Okay, <laughs> I can't follow all of their storylines. But yes, so we know that Jordan reached one year of celibacy, and that she wants to have an event sort of celebrating that. But only the girls and the girls, i.e., Preston, are invited. And then we also find out that Summer is going to host a reggae night because her family background right her mom is Jamaican and then 
Yeah, and her her father's side is Irish Canadian, but she like doesn't have a relationship with, with him at all, so she's like very connected to her Jamaican side. Which is nice because I think that it probably plays a role in her being so calm. Yeah, I have never been to Jamaica, but whenever I see footage of essentially cast trips to Jamaica on reality television franchises, uh, the people always seem so extremely chill, and it's a great contrast with the reality stars that I'm seeing. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So all the girls are going to go to brunch and Jordan wants to include Bria and Jasmine says she's just ignoring Bria. And if Simon arrives, she says, if Simon arrives, he'll be lucky if I greet him. She's (laughs) in this moment. I feel like she's being such a hater for no reason. Yeah, she's like in a fight with Bria, but I don't think Bria knows they're in a fight or Bria's not acknowledging that. Which I think is queen behavior. Absolutely. Right? I mean, the best thing you can do, like you've heard that concept where what you want to do when you meet somebody that's always been sort of a B-I-T-C-H to you is to say, oh, hi, and reintroduce yourself. Say, have we met before? (laughs) Those are the vibes I'm getting from this entire situation. Like Jasmine is so bothered. Meanwhile, Bria is, oh, I'm. Is that even a thing? Are we still, we're still talking about that? Oh, that's weird. I, I thought you were over it. Yeah. Bria, I feel like she had like a huge revelation the night before she cleaned her whole room and she's like, she's got her game face on and she's got to play this just right so that Simon can stay. So the first thing she's doing is acting like super fine with everybody in the house and like the friendliest, like sunniest person who has no drama with anybody, Mm. which I like. I love this strategy. Yeah. When you put it like that, I'm even more impressed by by Bria's behavior right here. Yeah. Um, They go out to brunch and order the biggest mimosas I've ever seen. (laughs) Like 20 ounce mimosas and giant wine glasses. (laughs) It looked great. I would have loved to have one of those mimosas. Oh, mimosas are so good. I feel like mimosas make brunch in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, they're so good. Um, Preston asks Bria how she's feeling, and he says everyone wants to meet Simon. So he kind of brings it up, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like primed for Bria to like make a big fuss, but... She's just like, oh, yeah, I mean, he's really excited to come. But this isn't about me. This is about Jordan. Mm-hmm. Jasmine's so bothered. She's so bothered by it. <laughs> like, you see her reacting in real time, both first to Preston even asking Bria how she's feeling. And then Bria's response, response which is perfection, pissed her off even more. And she doesn't know what to do with herself. And I love it, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jordan talks about how she decided to be celibate because she got caught up in like a weird situation. Yes. Um, Now she says she might be open to casual sex, but she's not going to get into a couple unless she's really excited by them. To me, this seems like a completely reasonable place to be at in one's life. Yeah, I Go ahead. Sorry. No. Well, I was just going to say it seems reasonable. And then Jasmine is like very pressed about this. Yeah. So before we even get to Jasmine, though, I loved (laughs) Jordan's framing. So she says something along the lines of the fact that things ended poorly with her last situationship leads to her decision to withhold, quote, the coochie coin. Yeah, that's right. 
Thank you for remembering Coochie Queen. I mean, it's an unforgettable, iconic line. If there were t-shirts that had Coochie Coin on it, I mean, of course, we'd need a little bit more context. Maybe I wouldn't buy a t-shirt, actually. Let's I not. think a Playboy centerfold can absolutely oh, pull that off. My gosh. Look, <laughs> Jules might be a marketing genius. Like, you really might be a marketing genius. <laughs> That's so smart. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yes, almost immediately thereafter, Jasmine, because she can't help herself, then raises her desire for Jordan to be excited about someone. She wants so desperately for Jordan to be, no? No, I I agree. I'm looking at Kina, like, seriously interested, like, furrowed brow. (laughs) I'm just like, speak, speak, professor. But... I think it looked like I was having doubts about what she said. I was Sorry. like, oh, no. Did I skip ahead? <laughs> no. Was there... I'm just, like, fascinated. Like, please, continue. No. <laughs> so, no, Jasmine uh, raises this desire for Jordan to be excited about someone as if that is the only way that a woman can be excited or be happy is if she's interested in pursuing something with somebody and I think that Jordan really tells her exactly like it is which is that's inappropriate and that's a wild thing for my friend to say like there are other things that I can be excited about that have nothing to do with being in a romantic relationship yeah like Jordan is just getting over and over again the message that like everything else she's doing in her life and her life is very together very much so and she's like very uh, we've said it before self-possessed like successful she's got she's doing great on her own and that jasmine keeps undermining that and acting like she's incomplete until she finds a serious relationship yeah i just it rubs me the wrong way and i can understand why jordan would also feel slighted by these comments especially from somebody that's supposed to be your friend that's supposed to want to like champion you being happy whatever that looks like it seems like Jasmine's obsession with Jordan and maybe to a certain extent all her friends being in serious relationships that she can you know quote-unquote respect is a lot yeah um Summer talks a bit too about how she's recovering from a tough relationship um and that she just like loved they love each other, but she was like kind of so showing up for him that she wasn't showing up for herself. And I think it's amazing to, at this young age to like recognize something like mm. that. I think a lot of people get married and then around their like fifties, they realize that <laughs> so like good on her. Right? She's like making holly choices. Completely. I completely agree with you on that. And it was refreshing to sort of see that perspective of how, you can be invested in a relationship, but also want to work on yourself independently of somebody else. And she says this great thing about how she wants to experience people rather than jump into another relationship. And that's a concept that I think so many young people forget exists because especially, right, a lot of commentary and pop culture really shoves down your throat like finding the one being happy with your person like getting to be with the one human that you could spend the rest of your life with and not necessarily experiencing life either by yourself or navigating deep friendships or even dating around and figuring out what it is that you want and who you want to be in a relationship so I really appreciated that she shared this and that it was sort of something that could probably resonate with a lot of people, you know? Yeah, totally. 
Um, on that note, should we take a break? Absolutely. Let's do it. So when we get back to the house, a scene occurs that had me laughing out loud. (laughs) Say more. (laughs) Because we're getting Alex on his very deepest, most sapiosexual level. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, So Summer visits Alex in his room while he's writing. It's almost like, like, oh, you caught me reading. Like, oh, you caught me writing. And she asks him about what he's writing, and um, Alex says, I'm just now coming into the notion that I'm a poet. I find more truth in the moments. I feel like I'm just out to wonder, and I don't know what's going to (laughs) happen. And I was like, this is Kina's boyfriend. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. This level of fake deep would actually drive me crazy. (laughs) No. I, I think, yeah, I think he's your perfect match looks wise oh my goodness and it's I will say it's so funny because I took from this conversation like I clearly completely scanned over this entire part like I glossed over these oddities and I was like oh they were connecting over meditation I meditate too (laughs) forgetting all of the details of what he was saying to Summer and just how wild it really sounds when you break it down yeah but Summer is truly vibing on it she's like yeah 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 totally and then he says they go into this little like sort of montage where they're like like it's like summer and alex are like tripping out while they're talking about stuff and he's like i really am meditating so i can access something that is beyond me and it kind of like fades in and out to Mm -hmm. summer she's like that's why i meditate too like your body vibrates or you hit a different frequency and they're just like (laughs) totally on a level that no one else is on. Right. It, it reminded me a little bit of the special effects from like a 1970s movie where yeah. it's very like, ooh. Alex says, like I'm floating. Summer says, the earth belongs to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of cute because you're just like, oh, they're like a little match. Like they're really connecting they on are. this stuff. I did think maybe Summer was going to be smarter than this. <laughs> I'll just say. Maybe I sound biased. I mean, I think it's also, I mean, it, there's also, there's a part of it that comes from sort of like judging based on what little we know about these people. And so it could be that the conversation really did uncover how much they have in common even when it comes to the process of meditation, right? Because there's different types of meditation. There's different um, ways to approach it, right? Guided meditation, um, sound, stories, like visualization. 
And it could be that maybe they really do connect. Or it could be that this is part of Alex's game where he says things like this and you think that it's interesting, <laughs> but it's not. You know, like, I don't I don't know. But I appreciated seeing these two young people seeming to, like, have something in common, especially when it came from, like, a spiritual rather than just physical level. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah. So a chef comes to the house to cook Jamaican food mm-hmm. for the party that Summer is organizing. It looked so good. They had fried plantains, and it's, I love fried plantains. Oh, man. I feel like I can't have a Jamaican partner and not say that what is a plantain? Do you mean plantain? Is that how they say it? <laughs> I didn't know that. So this is an ongoing uh, sort of joke in like Caribbean culture where um, some people refer to it and and they pronounce it plantain. And then in Jamaica in particular, it's plantain. And there's there's so many cultural references for this. But one of my favorites, I, I don't even know the TV show, but there's this woman who takes an order and he's like I want a plantain she's like you mean a plantain and he's like plantain she's like plantain he's like it's plantain she's like oh where you get that from a mountain (laughs) (laughs) and it was so perfect but no like plantain the first time I had it amazing the first time I went to a um Asian food market and collected the plantain and was very quickly schooled on what is the right type of plantain, right? The stuff that's like brown and spotted, not the like perfect pristine thing that you look for when you're trying to buy bananas. And to fry it right, oh my gosh, I still think about it. When it's done right, it is so good. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I've never tried to do it myself. I've only eaten those done by professionals. Yeah. I haven't tried to... I haven't done fried plantain in a long time. Eventually, I will try again. Not anytime soon, but... Well, I learned something new today. Yes. I call it plantain. And then everybody's going to try to crack me, and then I'm going to use the mountain joke on them. You should. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You should. All right. The best part about Jamaican food, though, is everything that's done well has, like, a jerk seasoning on it, and it's spicy. And Kel Surprise, Jasmine, cannot handle the spicy, and neither can Amir. Yeah, he said it's like Middle Eastern food is sweet. And I'm like, I guess that's true. I would have thought there would be more spice in Middle Eastern food. And I think that there, you know what? I mean, there's a lot of different kinds of Middle Eastern food. So it could just be like where his, was he, I can't remember. He's from Lebanon. Lebanese. Okay. Yeah. Like I, I don't know if that's like maybe a cuisine that's less spicy than others. Yeah. The only thing that I know about Lebanese cuisine in particular, like, as like a subcategory of Mediterranean food is that they do do a lot of like veggies or fruits with like yogurt as Mm -hmm. their um, just meals for a lot of things. And so I'm like, well, if there is a yogurt base, then that does sort of make sense. Like it would either be a spice with a yogurt sauce or something sweet. Yeah. Like it's unlikely that it would be a lot of like salty with yogurt. Right. Cause 
Probably not. Right? I, I mean, hard to say. I'm not an expert, but like, yeah. Right. We could also just take Amir's word for it. Yeah, I'll take his <laughs> word for it. I'll take his word for it. I guess I was also, I'm like, why am I so skeptical of whether, I'm like, because I love Mediterranean food, but I don't ever remember saying, oh, I can't do spice. But then I'm like, wait, is there spice to Mediterranean food? Am I thinking of Indian food? Like, what's happening right now? Like, wh- why is my brain so confused by yeah. this concept that this Lebanese and black man can't handle spice? Oh, my God. So I'm kind of a wuss about spice, and I don't know how I would deal with, like, full-on Jamaican food, like the, like the full-on jerk seasoning. Mm. I think I've probably only had milder versions of it. Yeah, and I, I will say that for me, I think that most of the time it has felt more like spice and not heat, mm. but I know that they can be synonymous depending on like what you're cooking and how you're cooking it, but I mean, a good jerk seasoning is not a dry rub. It's like a wet paste mm. is the best way to do it according to my partner and it is amazing but I'm like I can also recall times in my life where food was so good but it was also like spicy and I'm like crying and my nose is running (laughs) but I can't stop eating it so I actually don't know maybe I also can't tolerate spice but I just I haven't admitted it to myself yet I find that like there's a lot of spice like like really hot Indian food I feel like I can't even taste any flavor like the heat is so overwhelming to me that nothing else comes through Mm. so it just like I think that that's maybe just my palate or whatever but it's like there's no reason I would even want to keep eating this because like I can't taste anything it's just like burning my tongue Mm. but I'm really good with like a lot of wasabi or horseradish and like certain like spices like that Mm. I'm fine with I think it's just certain peppers I don't know I mean I would love to be a person who can just eat all the spicy food. Yeah. I also, I love it because I think you're identifying what we were sort of talking about earlier about like the difference between like spice and heat, Mm -hmm. like flavor. It's almost like flavor because the joke about flavor versus salt. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, oh, this needs something. It's like, it needs salt. Yeah. And it's like, oh, this is so flavorful. No, it's just salty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. No. So the best part is when Amir brings out the milk and people start to like make fun of them. But clearly it helps the situation for both Amir and Jasmine. And I'm like, shout out to him for saying, listen, I am not too proud to bring out the lactose. Okay. This is what we need in order to coat our stomachs and to help our mouths and I'm okay with it. Yeah, like they didn't they didn't have any yogurt available. <laughs> <laughs> um so they decide to play truth or dare after dinner. Truth dare or drink, you mean? Oh yes, truth, mm. truth dare or drink. Um Nick gets dared to jump in the pool with all his clothes on and he's like, uh, do you know how much these clothes cost? All right. You don't you don't <laughs> know how expensive these clothes are. You don't know where they're from. And it's like, okay. And then uh, Summer gets uh, dared to do a twerk session on somebody, and she chooses Nick, which, surprisingly enough, motivates Nick to then jump in the pool. (laughs) He's like, all right, I'll do it. (laughs) 
I think she chose Nick because she couldn't choose Alex. That's too direct. But she also didn't want to choose Amir because that would be like giving a signal that maybe she's interested in Amir. Whereas like Nick, it's like no one thinks I'm interested in Nick. So I'll just choose him. Yeah, I do. I agree. I think that Nick was a safe choice. Nick is also the one that we know has a girlfriend Mm. and isn't Silas who would not, I don't think, be a good choice on anybody's bingo card. Um, But it was really cute. And then cut to Milo. <laughs> Milo is Bria's dog, as a reminder. Right. He tries to hump Jason. Mm. And Jason didn't take it well. And poor Milo. Is this when they gave Milo a confessional? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just pulling like, all kinds of stunts. Right. I don't know. I will say, like, I feel kind of bad because it immediately took me back to the first time a dog humped me when I was like a kid, like I was probably like seven. And I thought that they were hugging me because I didn't understand what they were doing. And then everybody else in the room was just laughing. And then I'm like, why is everybody laughing? So I was just like, poor Jason. But also it's supposed to be like a fun loving, cute little thing. But I immediately was like, Oh no, he's being humped and probably doesn't (laughs) want it and doesn't know what's going on. I think Jason is old enough that he was probably able to process this. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Um, The next dare, which is my personal favorite of the evening is when Amir uh, gets dared to give Jordan a striptease. Yeah, and he asks for consent. Yes, that's what I loved the most. It was that he literally checked in with her first before he began his, what I felt was very nicely choreographed uh, routine. A bit theatrical. A bit, a bit. (laughs) Yeah, he does like this very dramatic lap dance and everyone's laughing. And he, like, does get on her and, like, grind a little bit. But then he's like, okay, done. Like, I think he was being very careful not to, like, get too much into her space. Which yeah. Which is so cool. Very respectful, for sure. So here's the moment that I noticed. And I, it just gave me pause because everyone's laughing. It's all happening fun. And Jasmine goes, I love this. This is great. Let's keep it going. And it's like, Jasmine, why do you need to say that? Like, everyone's just having fun. Like, you aren't. No one's like waiting for you to tell them that they can keep doing this. It's so odd. Yeah, I didn't even register that. Um, I think maybe this is the moment where I'm realizing how much I've started to ignore Silas and Jasmine. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell them that. Oh, they would be distraught because they clearly think that they're the stars of the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think this is like her main character energy, like... Every, everyone wants Silas and Jasmine to be directing the fun and the activities. And, like, they don't. Nobody don't wants that, that, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Summer dares Preston to kiss Bria, and he kisses her on the neck, and it's kind of sexy. Oh, man. And Bria says something along the lines of, like, oh, yeah, that's my spot. How did you know? And I'm like, that's everybody's spot. <laughs> but I didn't. I mean, it's fine. Um. Preston dares Summer to kiss Alex. And then she's like, well, I'll leave it up to Alex. Kind of a consent check-in. Right. Like, she would be in agreement, but she wants to make sure that he's okay with it. And I really loved the comment about, well, you don't need personal space when there's consent. Yeah. 
bringing it all back to his personal space crusade. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, Alex dares Jasmine and Silas to reenact their sex sounds. Great way to call them out and just like let them know everybody knows what's happening. Jasmine kind of, I thought she was kind of cute about it. She like, she just like gets goofy and starts making like goofy sounds. And Silas like turns his chair around and looks out the window. So weird. Yeah. And then in the confessional talks about how uncomfortable he is about having other guys hear Jasmine moaning. And I'm like, what is wrong with you, yeah, bro? Yeah, he's like, oh, I didn't know how thin the walls are. Like, yes, you do. You do. Absolutely. And later there's proof of this, but I won't get into it yet. Oh, my goodness. Um, so per usual, Silas ruins the mood and the vibe. But shortly after that, everybody goes to bed, right? Yeah. And then Silas, of course, they have to have sex. Of course. And Silas says they, they have to be quiet. Yes. And then... Then Jasmine is quiet and he's like upset about it. He says it's such a turnoff that she's not making any noise. It was so crazy. It was actually the most odd thing I've heard. Like I didn't understand any of it. I'm like, okay, is this like an editing trick for their other parts that we missed? But I'm like, even if there were like, what is going on? Okay. Real talk. I think that he wanted to say you have to be quiet. Then he didn't want, he wanted her to be like, oh, she tried to be quiet and she just like couldn't. Mm -hmm. We tried, but it was impossible. And the fact that she could be quiet if she tried, I think like really bruised his ego because obviously she, you know, I mean, I'm not saying she's been faking, but like maybe she's been playing it up or just like, you know, obviously he wants her to play it up and he's so hurt when she's like oh okay we'll be quiet like it's crazy oh my gosh I think that that's exactly it like that sounds like such an accurate description of what happened like no no you got to be quiet oh baby I can't be quiet yeah Yeah. she can (laughs) she can (laughs) I think what's upsetting him is that she can he is so fragile she Jasmine even says, "Are you delusional right now?" Which I appreciated. It's right. like, okay, Jasmine, way to call it out. I mean, if you can't be completely honest and open and direct with your partner when you are both half naked under the covers on a TV show, what can you <laughs> on camera? <laughs> on camera, right? In night vision. <laughs> what even is the point, right? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if anything, it shows, like, that their communication is, like, so underdeveloped. 100%. Um, So, I mean, we leave that right where we find it. And so the next day opens up with Bria excited and letting the entire house know that Simon's coming and that he should be treated with respect or it's going to be war. Yeah. Did she say that to people? Did she say it's going to be war in her confessional? She did say it in her confessional. So she's still playing nice. She is still playing nice. Yes. So people decide to go shopping. Yes. The group actually splits up. So Mm -hmm. in one group, we have Summer, Silas, Jasmine, and Jordan who go shopping. And then in the other group, we have Amir, Alex, Jason, and Nick who go to lunch 
And then Bria prepares for Simon's arrival. And did Preston go shopping too? I think Preston was on the shopping trip. Was Preston? Did I forget about Preston? Oh. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Preston. I still love you. (laughs) But I do think he was there. I think so, too, because I don't remember him being at the lunch. I think it was just Amir, Alex, Jason, and Nick at lunch. I don't think Preston was there. Okay. So at the lunch, Amir says he doesn't feel that Jordan returns his feelings. Meanwhile, at shopping, um, Jasmine asks Jordan about Amir, and she says, that's a dud. (laughs) So I think truly she's been pretty clear, like, She's being friendly with Amir, but she's really not, like, giving him interested signals that I can see. Yeah, and I think that that's something, like, she's been polite and kind the entire time, but I don't think that she has ever made it seem like she has a real interest in anyone. Yeah. Especially Amir. Um, in response to this, Jasmine, oddly enough, says something along the lines of, oh, I just want my friend to have what she wants. Yeah, it's like she's always bringing it back to the relationship talk. So Jasmine says, like, I have a support person and I have someone who's with me no matter what. And I want that for you. Or I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, it's just so condescending. It's just like, I just want you to have what I have. Like what? It's like also no one is envious of what you and Silas have. Like that's like the worst case scenario. Oh, man. She's in the fog, though. So I'm going to continue to be patient with her. Yeah, it's true. I think she's in a very weird place. Um, Jordan says, like, why does my life have to be defined on whether I'm single or not? Truly. Why? And she feels like Jasmine is projecting. Mm -hmm. And there was a really interesting beat. Um, during this discussion about the difference between being judged or excuse me between feeling judged versus feeling that you're not being considered or that you're projecting yeah I think it seems like Jasmine has said things where she feels like she's in a tough position as a married woman like she feels like there's different expectations on her from her friends Mm -hmm. like what I'm seeing is her constantly making distinctions between herself and her friends based on the fact that she's married yeah I think that's right. And when Jordan sort of describes her as like the overbearing mother, I think it was such an accurate portrayal because you have somebody who has convinced themselves that the life that they're living is the life that is the best case scenario and that everybody else wants. And she is going to take it upon herself to ensure that the people around her get the life that they deserve, which is her life. But nobody's asking for that. Right. Nobody, nobody. And I mean, nobody in the house has been like, I just want to be married. I just want to find my life partner. Nobody has said that. I kind of wonder if she was sort of expecting a scenario where her friends would be like, oh, my God, set me up with great guys who will marry me. Like, I want to have what you and Silas have. And like, no one's doing that. Mm. And she was kind of counting on getting that affirmation of her relationship. And without it, it's like. She's maybe having to face some stuff. No, you. I think you're onto something there because there is a lot sort of baked into the things that Jasmine says to her friends that is sort of waiting for them to say, I just want what you and Silas have. Yeah. But nobody's going to say that. No one wants it. 
No, which is, I mean, there are lots of reality TV shows where we love a Delulu like main character, but this is more sad than anything else. It is because I think we see Jasmine and like, she is like really intelligent. She's really sweet. Like she has a lot of great qualities and it just like sucks to see her in this situation. Yeah. Um, Back at the house. Alex cuts Amir's hair, (laughs) which this was actually a really cute side of Alex. He's talking about how he learned to cut hair when he was in high school and his dad lost his job. And like for the first time they were sort of like having to cut corners and like skip things. Mm -hmm. And it just like taught him a lot about being self-sufficient to learn to cut hair. So he like has always cut his own hair and he cuts his friend's hair. It's very cute. Yeah. And I mean, I will just bring up that something that you, it's just such a wild thing. Like all of the parallels that I see from my own life in the ways that they present their stories on this show is when I was in college was when I really learned how to do my own hair. Um, because my mom grew up with a bunch of sisters and she knew how to do hair for as long as I've been alive more than that. And she also used to do like my friend's hair because a lot of my friends didn't have mothers that knew how to braid or knew how to like do styles or anything like that. But my mom was competent and capable of doing it all. And so I just remember when I went off to college and my mom wasn't there to sort of do my hair and I had to figure it out on my own. And I remember calling her and she's like, you can do it. Don't worry. And then there was like this entire community in college about okay how do we like make sure everybody has what they need like I it's almost like getting your hair done is such an interesting part of feeling like you're presentable feeling like you can be your best self that I didn't realize I needed yeah until my mom wasn't there to just do it for me or I didn't know like who to go to to get it done and so the fact that he also sort of taught himself how to do it was I think a really cute, like you said, full circle moment. Um, add to that while Amir's getting his hair done and <laughs> Summer walks in and his entire reaction to her was adorable. Like his eyes are going back and forth and he's like, Ooh, as if he's like in the middle of some love connection that he's like, should I go? Oh goodness. Yeah. And Summer just basically like, Oh, I think they're like Summer's just kind of chatting and Alex is like yeah we gotta catch up she's like okay and Amir makes such a face like (laughs) you gotta catch up what does that mean so cute it's so cute oh my god so we're getting now ready for Jamaican night I guess it's reggae night no this oh okay so (laughs) now we're getting ready for the fancy dinner and Simon's arrival and um Jasmine and Jordan are both separately venting about the conversation they had while shopping. That's right. Jordan and Preston are talking and Jasmine and Summer are talking and they are clearly talking about the exact same situation from two very different perspectives. Yeah. And Jordan kind of is saying the stuff she's that we've heard her say, like, you know, why isn't what, I, what I'm doing isn't enough? Like, why am I always getting this pressure? Why is she talking to me like she's my mom and wants me to get married? And Jasmine says, it's so awkward being the married one. Yeah. Another instance of her sort of putting this label on herself as if other people are judging her for it. But it has nothing to do with her being married. It has to do with how she's approaching these conversations with her non-married friends. Yeah. 
And you do see a little bit of Jasmine's understanding when she says, I feel like Jordan felt like I was judging her and that's not what I was trying to do. And I'm like, okay, we're almost there. Right. Right. But yeah, she can't, she has to make the jump of like, she, you know, my friend doesn't want me to tell her that I think she's not doing something right or I want something else for her or whatever. That's just like not what friends want to hear. I can understand if you're very close and you're like, Hey, I think something in your life is actually like really doing like you harm right now then maybe you would talk to them but like when it's just sort of like oh I don't want you to be single it's like what like she's fine yeah I mean and there was a little bit of an indicator that maybe Jordan has expressed that ultimately she wants to like find her life partner and maybe that is part of what's motivating Jasmine to sort of say oh well this is somebody that you could be with this is somebody that you could be with but wanting an overarching goal to be settled down at some point doesn't equate to I need to be laser focused on finding my husband because my friend is married. Like those are very different things. Yeah. And I think actually back in the store at some point, Jordan said like, okay, my guy's not here. Like this, the, the, no one in this house is that guy. So like, what are you worried about? It also just kind of makes me wonder if Jasmine felt like, personally rushed to like find a marriage partner and was sort of on the hunt and I mean it could be for some women right marriage equals stability and stability can be a massive motivator especially when your life has been in flux for a long time and we've heard like little breadcrumbs that suggest that maybe Jasmine's life was a little bit more chaotic before she connected with Silas And Silas was sort of offering her a level of calm, a level of stability, a level of groundedness that she is trying to hold on to with everything she has. Because, I mean, it it can mean something very important to people. But it's still, I mean, I think that this was the first episode where every time Jasmine was on the screen, I felt kind of sad for her because you could see her struggling to figure out like sort of where she fits in, in this group, where she fits in, in her marriage, where she fits in, in the life that she's maybe trying to craft for herself. Yeah. We can really see her working on it. And I think that's cool that she's like, bringing some awareness agreed yeah is that a good place to take a break yeah let's do it yeah And we're back. So when we come back, Simon arrives in a little red sports car. It's a Ferrari, right? Is it a Ferrari? I mean, I think it was probably a wild gourd that Bria found in the forest, and then she turned it into a Ferrari oh my for gosh. her man right around in. Can I, <laughs> can I just say that when you said wild gourd, I was like, is that a brand of sports car? Wild gourd. Because I clearly don't know anything about cars. However, he does bring gifts, which include a bottle of 
Class A Azul Gold, which is valued at approximately $300 a bottle. Okay, wow. Right? That I know about. I don't know about this little red Ferrari gold board, (laughs) whatever. But I know when I see a bottle of tequila. And I'm, it's so smooth. I don't know that it's worth every penny, but it's so smooth. Oof. Mm. So, yeah, he's got that. He's got two bottles of champagne. He, Bria has like balloons. It's like they're just, they've got everything. Right. He has on a velvet smoking jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's like being so much. He comes in to meet everybody. I mean, he's like very friendly, very nice. This is the first white guy in the house. Oh, yeah, that's right. (laughs) But I feel like he's coming in just like greeting everybody. Like he's bringing like non-toxic white energy, you know? Oh, Definitely. I I think that his entire energy is lighthearted and fun and personable and just really sweet. So it's almost as if he is exactly the way that Bria described him. You're going to love Simon. Simon is so sweet. He's so nice. He pays for everything. He's exactly the right combination of things to charm everybody and change their minds about how long he can stay. Oh, my goodness. Because Bria is a sorceress. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, they get ready. Bria dons a yellow feather gown that oh, looks yeah. so very fancy. It was really hot. They get everybody to a restaurant where they have like a private dining room. It's also quite fancy. Mm-hmm. Simon gives everyone a box and each box has an $800 watch in it. Except for Silas and Jasmine, who each get, was it $1,200? Yeah, they each get a $1,200 watch as their, like, wedding present. Yes. So Silas and Jasmine get Versace watches. Mm -hmm. And everybody else gets Philip Pline watches. They all look very nice to me. Yes. These are all very high-class watches. (laughs) Silas almost immediately says that now he's okay with Simon staying for the week. I mean... (laughs) It was like clockwork. Ah, ah. Was I waiting for that joke? Magic? (laughs) No, like clockwork. No, no, no. You're right. It's the clocks worked. It was like clockwork. (laughs) Listen, I get it. All right. Bria's a sorceress. However, (laughs) these materials and these gifts are lovely. And I would love a Versace watch. Somebody buy me a Versace watch. All we have to do is get Simon into our lives somehow. And I think he'll give us a watch at some point. I mean, I don't doubt that that might be true, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Silas asks Simon what his vision is for him and Bria. Like, now that he likes Simon, he's like, so what are your plans? Right, that's like my little sister right there. I need to Uh, know your intentions. Also, like, yeah, where do you get off? You are not, like, the, you're not, you don't have seniority over this man. Like, you're not, you're not the father here. They're, they're a little parent thing is so weird to me it's very bizarre i agree um and simon's just like oh i love bria like i want to be with her he doesn't like commit to saying like we're going to get married someday but he definitely is very committed to her oh definitely silas is like there's nothing weak about being a union like talking you know just sort of like okay that's all well and good but like being married is what you really want 
And then Jasmine says, but it can also be very isolating in a group as wonderful as this. Just kind of a mic drop. Right. She says, much as Silas finds it a strength, I'm struggling. It's not as easy for me. And then she starts crying. Right? I mean, you get this juxtaposition of Silas giving a speech about love and marriage. And then Jasmine admitting that she's struggling and bursting into tears. And I think for me, it just reinforced how they're not on the same page about expectations or maybe even their relationship. Because... I can't imagine a circumstance where my partner is talking these great, beautiful things about something that's clearly triggering for me, right? Like, it was sad. Yeah, and I couldn't tell if some of it was sort of meant to be directed at Jordan, like a maybe a little bit passive-aggressive, like sometimes it's hard to be married in a group, like sort of I mean Jordan had like kind of a gave a face that made me think that like she felt Mm. like it was directed at her a little bit it could have been but then it did seem to get like genuinely emotional yeah and I read it more in the moment as Jasmine sort of it, it almost reminded me of the scenario when like one partner is giving a speech and it's like babe say something and then the something is I don't want to be married oh my god (laughs) nightmare (laughs) right it's just it didn't seem like it was anything other than her just expressing for me anyways I read it as her expressing how she was feeling in that moment which was just a little broken a lot confused and like concerned that she was not as on top of it as I think that she wants to be yeah I think that's it's a lot going on for her. And I also think it's important to note that as time goes by in the summer house, everyone gets like a little bit crazier each yeah. day because you're in close quarters. You're being filmed all the time. Like it's probably a lot. No, these are good points. So we kind of leave it there where she's upset at dinner and everybody's just sort of like, Ooh, yeah, the episode ends with Jasmine crying, but doing the, I'm trying not to cry, cry, and then nodding as if like, yeah, it's hard. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, well, next time on Summer House. (laughs) Next time. Yeah. Can't wait to see where this goes. I mean, I think we're just like coming closer to a reckoning. I mean, I think you're right. But as it stands, that concludes episode five. Okay. So Kina... Who is your queen of the episode? I mean, this is an easy one. It's got to be Bria, right? I mean, is there anybody else that could even shed a light? Like, Bria gave us everything this episode. There were highs. There were lows. There was personability. There was, I'm not the one to be effed with. There was strategy. There was dynamics that you would expect to see from a veteran reality tv show personality right like she's giving us like portia williams season eight yeah it's top tier definitely hands down bria is my queen of the episode same i loved watching her play the way she played every single scene she was in i was like amazed she blew me away (laughs) so who's your king 
Oh, my king this episode. I think that it's going to be a mirror. Yeah. I liked that he was very vulnerable about his feelings and about his uncertainty with where things were going to move forward with Jazz, excuse me, with Jordan. I like that he presented that in a group where it seemed like he was actually seeking feedback. I also really liked that he was playful and that he came to Bria's sort of defense um, when she was going through it. And I, I really like the dynamic that he brought to the episode. I also really like that. I mean, I like Amir a lot. And I, I think that he shined this episode. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you there, too. Ooh. It was, you know, like, I think for just like for in one scene for him to be saying he's not really feeling interest from Jordan, but that he's also kind of playfully doing a strip tease. And he's like, he's not like hurt about it. He's not mad about it. Mm-hmm. He's just like being a good guy in a lot of ways. And not only to Jordan, but to his friends. So he's my king as well. I love it. Well, then who's your joker? I mean, I'm sorry. It has to be Silas. That stunt about quiet sex, loud sex, whatever, turning his chair around and looking out the window during like a silly game. Like, no, you are a joker, Silas. You're not our dad. You're our joker. (laughs) Right. I am going to have to wholeheartedly agree. Wow. Yeah. I will also add his weird, perspective on his wife moaning in front of other men as if that's going to do anything other than make them the butt of the joke that they were yeah from the beginning (laughs) uh, yeah agreed well we're so insane I know this is the first time that we've been on the exact same page about all of these designations and I'm yeah. kind of excited about that I'm also excited about what's going to happen in the next episode I know I can't wait to see how this plays out mm. well I guess we'll have to wait and find out yeah thanks for listening we'll see you next time yeah bye Double Vision is created by Jules and Keens starring Jules and Keens produced and edited by Juliana Tringali Golden